Hello, and welcome to Bones Cast, a Bones podcast where we are watching and discussing the TV show Bones. I'm Ella, and usually we are joined by our dear co-host Niara. We are missing her today because she's in a play. She's starring in a play, and she's very busy this weekend, and she's very tired. So we're giving her the week off, and instead we have a... You're breathing so loudly. (laughs) Instead, we have a very loud breathing special guest. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Um, I'm a casual Bones viewer, so I'm discount Niara. <laughs> yep. You can find me on Twitter. Like, maybe your name <laughs> would be a good way to start. <laughs> My name is Austin. I went to high school with Niara and Ella. Yeah. And it also my cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. we, we go way back to birth. No. Nah. Actually, you weren't born when I was born. So That's true. You had a few blissful months without me. Um, so we're doing a couple of episodes uh, where Booth and Brennan go on the road for various reasons to solve murders. So these are murders that don't take place in D.C., Virginia, Maryland, etc. Um, and today we're talking about the woman in the airport, at the airport, which is where Booth and Brennan travel to Los Angeles. And uh, it's a pretty fun one. What were your overall impressions, Austin? This seems like a classic episode. I feel like I've seen this episode multiple times. I guess, it is it season one? Yeah, season it's season one? one, episode 10. We thought we were going in order, by the way, but this one actually comes before the New Orleans episode that we did last week. Um, I think it's a... It's really solid. We were talking about this while we were watching it, except you can bre- break it up into two parts. There's a part which involves Hodgins and um Dr. Dr. Goodman. Goodman yeah yeah uh and and then there's like the rest of the episode which is a real episode but um <laughs> Austin has a there's hot a ba- take there's he's, a really there's some really poor writing in this subplot of this yeah. episode the overall episode is really good but there's probably like 10 minutes of the episode is a subplot where Hodgins is standing up to Dr. Goodman um which we're not a fan we, overall yeah, thoughts we'll, we'll get to yeah. it we'll get to it um this but this is a fun episode i feel like they show this one like you know how there's like some uh episodes of certain tv shows they show on tv all the time i feel like they show this one all the time yeah how do they do do they have like ratings of individual episodes that they know know, which ones to serialize the most i don't know but i know that like when i was watching bones as a kid like they would show the gravedigger one very often they would like i feel like like the first one one where they get in the car I i feel like probably they have some that they're more likely to syndicate or something. But um, I guess before we get into the episode, do you want to do your, like, we, we should probably do this with every guest, and Niar and I did this in the first episode, but do you want to do your Bones origin story? Like, wh- wh- when did you first oh, learn gosh. of Bones, and wh- what did you first think of Bones? Well, must How be when, old were you? Well, Bones used to be on Netflix. Yeah. When I was, like, in middle school. That's how I first watched it, um, too. And there's a few episodes that like really stick out. I don't know what episodes, all the episodes you guys are planning on doing, but there's one episode where um, there's this girl who has a, some sort of like genetic disorder and her head is really large and her, well, spoil, am I allowed to spoil it? So like her mom murders her, right? Yeah. Uh, You know the episode I'm talking about? I don't actually. Oh God, it's really heartbreaking. Is it the one where she's the pageant girl? Uh, No, that's a different one. Oh, okay. Um. Her mom doesn't murder her in that one, does she? I think she might. Or maybe it was one of the other pageant moms or something. 
Um, but this one, like she, the, her mom was like, I guess just trying to put her out of her misery. It's a really heartbreaking episode. I remember watching that, um, and being kind of like disturbed. Um, let's see. I remember watching the grave digger, digger episode for the first time, but I don't know which one I watched first. I think I started at the beginning. I mean, the pilot is pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've, we were, we've talked we about quite enjoyed yeah, no, I've, I've listened one. to your episode for the pilot. Oh, how nice of you. Yeah. What was the first one you did, right? Yeah, it was. Um, And then you just are a casual watcher from now. How how late into the show have you seen, like, not in the later seasons like me? I've seen the the part almost right up until they start dating. Okay. I didn't watch it. So it's like halfway through, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't seen a lot of the later seasons. Yeah. In my opinion, they're not as quality, but other people may feel differently. Um, okay, so I'm going to do what I did to Niara, which is I'm going to spring on you our, our box office game. Do you want to play? Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is, this aired January 25th, um, 2006. Okay. This is early 2006. It's a rough time for movies, so. Wait, I have to, I have to guess the January box office? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're Can we hard. not do the week before? Can we not do the wrist, the Christmas week? I thought I'd be way uh, better me, at the Christmas week than in January. Because the January is like award season hangovers and uh, really bad movies. What are the rules again? It's just whatever was best at the box office well, or whatever we're, song. We're going to see if you can guess the number one. Um, but then if you can guess any any of them down here, like what, if you can if you can throw out what some in awards theaters? contenders. Okay, I'm looking at the week of Christmas. Number one is a big franchise movie. So this is Week of Christmas 2005? Yep. Hmm. Revenge of the Sith? No. It's like... It's a big blockbuster franchise that has recently had some incarnations. Fast and the Furious. Probably none of them are that good. No. Oh, Terminator? No. What? Recently had some incarnations? I think it did. Or no, I'm thinking of Godzilla. Oh. Some monster movie? Yeah. Monsters Inc. I'm just joking. <laughs> Classically confused with <laughs> Um King Kong? Is it the Peter Jackson yeah, King Kong? It's the Peter Jackson King Kong. That um, movie opened at number one on Christmas? I don't let me see if it That movie's like four hours. It long. opened the week previous. Huh. Okay, so then That's kinda crazy. I wouldn't have thought. So um so like let let's just like talk about the last few weeks of the of 2005 i think maybe you'll be so like what are the a what are the awards contenders uh, uh, you're never gonna guess this so i'm just gonna is tell this you, the brokeback mountain year the pride and prejudice movie came out yep brokeback mountain so crash um crash is not even on the top 15 well no in i mean any of these weeks but yeah that, so that brokeback mountain um what else is that think year? about like who won the acting awards that year is that the capote year the Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, ones for Capote. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. all the way down at like 20. It didn't make that much money, I guess. What? Think about who won Best Actress that year. That's such like a jumbled time. Like the... Um, it's someone that you honestly might be like, this person has a Best Actress Oscar? Is it Halle Berry? Is that the year that Halle Berry won? <laughs> uh, sh- did she win that year? I don't know. No, I don't think so. But, sh- but, okay, no, what Berry. I'm thinking of is Reese Witherspoon and Walk the Line. Oh. So Walk the Line is up there. That and then a- there's another big franchise movie that I'm almost positive 
that we both are a huge fan of. And it the the later incarnations weren't that successful. Uh-oh. It was based on a book. It's uh got kind of a Christmassy vibe to it. Disney Christmas? What? It's not really Christmas, but it has like Christmassy, it's snowy. It's gonna be my hint. Oh, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Yep. First one came out. Okay. That uh it's snowy. opened number one. It's snowy. <laughs> That's a Disney movie? Well, it's like Walt Disney, yeah. Oh. Walt Disney Studios. And then The Family Stone is number three, which is a great Christmas movie. The and Family then, Stone. Do you know that movie? Yeah. It's I a good movie. It's got uh, Jessica Parker. Yeah, Sarah Cook. Sarah Jessica Sarah Parker, Cook. yeah. <laughs> That's all I said. And then <clears throat> Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which opened in November, is still up there. So that was kind of fun. Do you want to do the billboards? We kind of already discussed like the entire like 2005 billboard charts in the first episode, so... I figure we would skip that. Okay. Um, and also, okay, so last time we did a travel episode, we discussed our favorite travel episodes. Do you? I was going to ask you, do you have any favorite travel episodes and or what do you think is like the best LA movie or TV show? Travel episodes of Bones? Of any of any show. Oh, um, man, I don't know. That's a really good question. I was thinking, this isn't my favorite LA movie necessarily, but it was reminding me a lot of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh yeah, this, that ep- is very this episode. LA. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. C- kind of I mean, La La Land. La La Land has a similar vibe to this in that um, there's a lot of like trying to make it as an actor. There's like trying to make it, but there's also like a lot of like we're at a party that we hate, but like it's kind of cool, but like we hate it because yeah. we're East Coasters or something. Um, I guess she's from like Nevada and that or something, but. Um, and then also I was thinking of like ever anytime there's like a big LA party, I always think of the scene in the player where like Jeff Goldblum is there and they're at like some big house party. Yeah. I always think of that one. That one's very LA to me, especially. If, Wait, Jeff Goldblum. Are you thinking of Annie Hall? No, he's, I swear. He's Jeff in, Goldblum is in the Annie Hall thing. I swear he's also in the player. Right. When the, who is that? Goner? I haven't seen the player in a long time. I know Annie McDowell is in the player. Remember she, but the, not at that party. Yep, the player as Jeff Goldblum. I guess Jeff Goldblum maybe just like a token person who was at like parties for a while. Well, I think in Annie Hall he wasn't even really a, a star yet. No, yeah, you're right. That was like 20 years before. Because he just he his only line is he just gets on the phone and he he's like I forgot my mantra. Yeah, this is it's just like previous, one joke that he tells his. Credit on IMDb before Annie Hall is an episode of a TV series. So that makes me think he wasn't that known before. Um, and he does not play himself. He plays party guest. <laughs> so, yeah. So I have a I have a travel episode. I okay. don't think you've seen this, except in the first season of BoJack Horseman, there's a episode where they go to um, Boston. I haven't seen one that. Of the, one of the characters is from boston they go visit her family in boston mm-hmm. and it's really fun it's just fun because there's like lots of boston jokes mm. there's uh i mean that is what's fun about travel episodes yeah and, and the, there's one of my favorite jokes is that uh her dad has died that's one of the reasons they're going that is a funny joke and that's not the joke but anyway <laughs> so they have they she walks into her house and her dad is still sitting in his chair and he's like dead and, like, they haven't taken him to the funeral home or anything. Oh, God. And uh, her name is Diane, and Oliver 
all of her family, because they're from Boston, they call her D. You know, that's sort of like, and then the the joke is that everybody goes around and they're all like, hey, D, dad's wicked depotted. Oh. And then the next person says, ah, D, w- dad's wicked depotted. And they like, everybody <laughs> in the room says that. And he's just sitting there in the, this like sleeper chair. Why did they not move him? I don't know. You have to ask. Because Bojack Horseman. Some joke. Okay. Also, one of her one of her brothers is literally a black sheep. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Bo- I, I do bo- actually think I know about that. That's a Bojack Horseman Bojack joke. Horseman joke. Um, yeah, there's some, like, I guess we'll get to it as we just discuss the episode, but there's some, like, my, my favorite thing about LA set things is that everyone, of course, lives in it. Like this show, uh, this episode is a travel episode because like they're technically traveling like in the narrative, but they didn't travel because obviously they always shoot the show in LA, which is why this is probably the best looking travel episode, except for maybe the London one. Cause it, they clearly shot on location everywhere, but um there's so many like there's so much like disdain for things that like they're clearly a part of you know what i mean like it's such a an insider's disdain well it's as which is like to me like a a trope of tv shows that take place or have episodes in la which is that they like use an outsider's um perspective to express their own insider's disdain you know what i mean and it's strange because they express the disdain across the, um, like they express the disdain through Booth and Brennan's careers or not professions. Yeah. Like the FBI agent is like a degenerate Hollywood. Person, right, right. Right. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. not like just act like th- there's actors and hookers and everything like the things you would imagine. But they're like even the. Yeah. Well, it's well, like the it's like fully corrupted. One of the um, L.A. things that I was going to bring up is like the L.A. episode that sticks out most in my mind is there's this episode of Sex in the City that's actually like kind of similar because the reason they're all going to L.A. is because Carrie's column. Do you know anything about Sex in the City? You familiar? It's like a, I mean, she writes I, a column in it. I know who the actresses are. OK. That are in Sex in the that's City. That's good. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah. But like so the the conceit of the show is that she lives her life and then she like writes a column about it. So like, honestly kind of like how I met your mother or it's like kind of like gossip girl. Or and they something. drink cosmopolitans. They too, drink right? cosmos yeah. and Manhattans and yeah, it's probably what you think it is <laughs> in all reality. Kind of but so she like in like, I think it's like the second or third season. She like her column gets optioned to be a script. And so she goes out to LA to like talk to people about it. And uh, there's this joke where her and Miranda are talking and Miranda's like, she's like oh these girls here are like so bold like I'm just like like she's trying to like kind of flirt with guys in like a New York way as such and Mm -hmm. like girls are just like dressing like they do on tv shows in LA and um and she's like so look at like like look at that girl and that girl's wearing like a piece of cloth you would find in a theater department closet that she like tied around her neck and her waist and is like barely draped on her body she's like that girl's just like throwing it all out there and the girl's like do I know you two? And she's like, yeah, we were just talking about, or no, we were just talking about how, like, we love how bold you're being with your outfit or something, which is kind it's of just like a backhanded. Yeah. But then the girl is like, oh, thank you. And she's like, do you work in the porn pornography industry? <laughs> I think they're at, like a porn convention or something, but she's like, do you work in porn? And she's like, oh no, I'm a lawyer for Disney, which That's is my joke, favorite yeah. joke in the episode. And I think it like is symptomatic. Like even the lawyers are like hot and, I guess. I don't also, know. I mean, Disney is supposed to be like a pure. 
yeah true that's true yeah my other favorite um thing about that so matthew mcconaughey guest stars as himself and he's pretty funny you should watch the episode if you have the time and uh also hour hour long no it's a half hour and um also because i i feel like we've accidentally made a commitment to always mention buffy the vampire slayer and game of thrones in this podcast like for some reason we can't avoid it but sarah michelle geller guest stars as like a junior executive like Mm -hmm. development executive and she does that she does this joke that i find really funny where she goes she's like talking to carrie in a bar and she sees someone she knows and she's like hey you you're such a loser you loser <laughs> i'm just kidding and then she turns back to carrie and goes that guy is such a loser that's like a girl you wish you hadn't met at a party <laughs> it joke. really is yeah sarah michelle gallagher has like maybe three minutes in the episode but she's really good um but anyway yeah th- there's definitely that sense that like it's not just the entertainment industry it's like the whole thing is covered in the in the disease I feel like in some ways the episode sort of fails with the L.A. criticism because, well, I don't really know what, I mean, the whole time there's a clear, just let's ignore the B plot for now. We'll address that later. But like, (laughs) there's a clear, like the parts of the A plot that happen at the Jeffersonian, Mm -hmm. there's a huge difference between those scenes and that sort of way they're talking and then the way that the people are talking in LA, you know, they're making yeah. like a clear scene. Like this is the academic mm-hmm. Eastern seaboard way of dealing with stuff. But I think it goes too far because Brennan and um, Booth have so much contempt for California and yeah. everything about it that it just sort of feels like they're being mean. Like, yeah. like Brennan, when she's on the there's also a weird logistical thing. Like, is it that this girl just got married at exactly the same time that she was going to be going there anyway to do her interview for her? Like, why was she on TV in, at all? Wait, married? Huh? Murdered. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> work it, out I that mean, work out that Freudian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Slip, yeah. But but what I'm saying is that so she goes she doesn't want to go to LA she wants to work on the picked yeah, yeah and but she's convinced to but then it just happens to be the one night they're there is the night she's gonna do I think television the way I picture it was that she was like probably they've been trying to get her to come out to LA to talk about this movie yeah and then um and then she's been like no I don't have time I don't have time to do that and then like when she realized she was already gonna be out there she probably was like well I'm gonna be in LA so maybe I'll come whatever to her agent or whatever and then like somehow that got like in a very like you know i don't know drumming up in interest for this movie situation was like oh th- this meeting turned into an interview turned into whatever the the tv interview part of this episode makes zero sense so i don't well, know why i'm trying to well the, the thing about it too is that like she's angry with them she's frustrated and she thinks it's fake and she wouldn't want to make her thing into a movie anyway but like they're just trying to do their job, and she's the one that doesn't understand what's going on, right? <laughs> she doesn't. She, she's like, uh, "Why don't I get to write it? Like, do you have?" And it, it's it, weird that it, that it, conversation and, didn't happen behind closed doors first. But she's willfully ignorant of it, right? She yeah. doesn't want. She doesn't take the time. She's being kind of an asshole. Though. Yeah, she's being really an asshole, and it makes me like, like, why is this? And the same thing with Booth with the volleyball players. Like, there's, like, this 30-second bit where Booth is, like, all of these people deserve to be in jail because they're playing volleyball. Really? (laughs) Like, 
that's the most like playing volleyball isn't even like that much of a I mean beach volleyball is like a symbol of California but it's not a degenerate symbol no and then it's like they're it's like they're these actors that are playing volleyball during the day you know like they could be at work or whatever yeah but and we get later that Booth is pretty like high and mighty about his job, so he's yeah, got kind yeah, of a complex. About and he that. puts that—that's the the most egregious part is that he puts that poor and never gets reprimanded for because the way she he's did, an asshole. To she her. never did anything that was inappropriate. No, she was asking about. I mean, she's being a little bit annoying of being like, "Oh, what about my script?" But like, Brennan is a writer. Yeah. Right. So it's not unreasonable for. It's like Booth. Do you not have hobbies? Like, yeah. I know you like shooting guns on the side. I guess because that like relates to your profession you feel like it's okay but like i mean it's kind of silly to know someone went through fbi training and then to assume that they're it's like a side project yeah also like Like, that's like the least efficient way ever (laughs) to get ahead like who was like like, oh you're in yeah like you're an fbi agent of course i'll buy your movie script it doesn't make any sense and that's exactly what bones does too bones made a book based on her profession which is what so it's just a weird the, yeah. the 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 TV show, whoever wrote this episode has a weird. I'm not on their same wavelength when it comes to this disdain for Los Angeles. Well, so <clears throat> we start with this B plot. The B plot starts out the episode. It's the picked. It's the this Iron Age body that is told to us through dialogue and and not. It, we're just convinced by it immediately that it's like a super prestigious, like extremely old identification that like all the sciencey people in the office like want to be a part of, you know. But so Bones is like, oh yeah, I'll I can't wait to do it or whatever. And then Booth is in her office and is like, we got to go check out these remains at LAX. And then there's a whole like thing where Brennan doesn't want to be like basically passed off as like property, you know. There's like a weird feminist undertone to this that actually I feel like doesn't have any credence where she's like, Booth can't just tell me where to go and then I have to go there, you know? And then Dr. Goodman is like, well, I'm telling you to go there. Which. Also, that isn't, isn't that sort of like the opposite of the way it started in the first place? Doesn't she want to be going out on the. Yeah, but I guess just whenever she wants to. She's kind of like, I don't know. She's kind of particular like that. I guess she only wants to if she wants to. That's a good point because she does. She is like, oh, I want to go in the field. And like, truth be told, like probably Booth could just send it back all the info to the lab and like, I don't know. But then yeah. we wouldn't have an episode. I also wrote Goodman has a nice office. Like he has a big office. He's the director, right? I guess he's the director of the whole Jeffersonian. Um, the B plot makes no sense at all. The B- Okay. I want to read you something from. So this episode was uh, <coughs> directed by Greg <coughs> Yaitani's who also directed the pilot, and it was written by Teresa Lynn. Okay. Um, is that supposed to be my, Is that... It's just, like, who you can blame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so, according... This is on the Wikipedia page for the episode. According to the writer of the episode, Teresa Lynn, the main idea of the episode is what makes up identity and how we are all, to some oh, degree... Yeah. We haven't even touched on that yet. What, what? We haven't touched on the whole identity theme. I'm sorry. Well, I this is the point, you. is that... In most TV episodes ever, the B plot and the A plot, while disparate, are connected by a theme, usually. And this one, they're just completely on. So she says, it's about what makes up identity and how we are all to some degree caught up in a world of youth, beauty, and perception. Has nothing to do with the picked man. 
Lynn expresses that many reality television shows have illustrated that looks can have a pro- profound impact on what we are deemed to be worth and can send the wrong message. Um, and she conveys that the irony in the story is that the victim is not murdered because of who she was, but for who she seemed to be, which is a weird that's, sentence. I'm not that's sure like, that that's, that's not why she was murdered, though. Well, she was murdered because her of friend jealousy. was jealous. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about who she was. It's about the. That wasn't who she seemed to be. That seemed to be who she. But I mean, the, the point is, is that Teresa Lynn has clearly conceived this entire episode without thinking about what, how the B plot could possibly relate to the A plot. Why did they need? Do they have to have a B plot? Yeah. Why? There's also a C. I would say the C plot in this episode is the the FBI agent. Because I don't know. That's like just how what? procedurals work. Okay, but hold on. This is the thing: is that the, this episode is littered with this like really terrible like 2005 era beauty magazine philosophy, right? Yeah. Like a lot of it, like it's laid on thick over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then the music starts going like Brennan will monologue for like 20 seconds. And then the music will start. She'll continue to monologue through this <laughs> terrible beauty magazine dialogue. And so what is beauty magazine dialogue? Like they tore her identity up. She, oh, yeah, she, yeah. she was beautiful from the beginning. Look at how yeah. beautiful. He, oh, here's a picture of her from when she was in high school. Look at how beautiful she looked. And yeah. now she's dead. Well, and like, it's this really weird, shameful thing. Like she's being shamed hardcore for plastic surgery. Yes. No, and, it's, it's definitely it's, super like not only sh- shaming about plastic surgery, but like vanity in general. And yeah. also the thing about, um, like at, at the end of like the, fourth act or the yeah the fourth act of of most bones episodes it's like booth and brennan have a conversation about the theme of the episode that leads to them finding yeah the killer or something mm-hmm. where they have sort of like a they come together in like a, a huddle and they're like so what's going on and in this one it's all about how like basically they're like oh she she oh <laughs> this is where she says the worst line of the whole episode which is the whole case is a bust. It's a blank. I mean, we don't have anything. We checked her apartment. Nothing. There are no pictures. Nothing. We don't know what she looks like. We don't know her name. It's like she lived on the world instead of in it. It's like she lived on the world instead of in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, if but also, if any Booth if any like, listeners have any theories about what that's supposed to mean, feel free to... I don't know if you can... <laughs> please com- email I don't us. know if you can comment on these things or no, what. No, you can email us. Yeah, we email us about, email at the end. Yeah. Because we really want to know what the hell that line means. But basically, they're both like, oh, this the mission statement of that this. That should be the name of the episode. <laughs> On the world, not in it. Okay, we'll put yeah. it. That'll be it. Um, but it's like, basically, oh, I can't believe all these people cared so much about their looks. It's ridiculous. And, you know, uh, Brennan spends the whole time saying it's barbaric. And meanwhile, like, it's hard not to think about the fact that, like, Booth and Brennan are both super pretty attractive. attractive people and well made up and yeah show. it's like a really rich person coming mm-hmm. in and being like why are they all complaining about how poor they are like it's so stupid yeah i mean like it's like it's like david Boreanaz. i'm pretty sure the way he got onto buffy the vampire slayer was he was like a dog walker in la yeah. and like someone literally saw him walking a dog in la and was like that guy is cute let's put him on tv yeah, i mean yeah. it's not david Boreanaz's fault but it's just like it's hard to put these like words into the mouths of people who just clearly don't have this problem, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I guess the, the idea of the episode is that this girl was pretty and that she kept like, it was like a, a bucket that could never get filled. Like it was just like, she, she would never be pretty enough for her or something like that. And that's fine. But like, I don't know that, that is a contradiction that makes this whole episode kind of hard to swallow. I mean, I think it's a, I don't know if it's like a, 
it's not a political correctness thing, but I think that the 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 dialogue about plastic surgery and beauty and stuff has evolved a little bit since that yeah. this episode came out. So I think um, there's like a little we're looking back on it. But additionally, there's this weird. I don't know about the significance of this. I guess I'm not really uh, trying to look too deeply into some of these things after hearing the analysis of the writer. Um, <laughs> but there's there's this scene where Bones <clears throat> and Booth are in the. There's two surgeons in this episode. There's mm-hmm. the the main one that you think is going to be important, mm-hmm. and then is totally sidelined for this other surgeon, which is kind of confusing, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I'm not. I never understood completely the difference between them. Well, also the like, first surgeon. We we didn't get a ton of resolution with him. He's a real we... red herring type thing. Yes, yes. There's actually several real red. The second um, surgeon, by the way, what? for any Buffy the Vampire Slayer is fans out there is the main villain in the third season um the mayor so if you guys are fans of buffy you're probably happy to see this guy he's like my favorite villain in buffy he's really good. he's a good actor he does a good job yeah in he's so good he he plays this like sort of like creepy happiness in yeah. in buffy the vampire slayer where he's like like the john lithgow and dexter type of yeah john lithgow would be a good sub in for that i think but he, he just like like, he does this thing where he'll, like, he won't be like, oh, let's go kill them or something. He'll be like, because he's a mayor, so he'll be like, let's put a committee together to deal with that. You know, that, that kind of it's thing. Like a he bureau- drinks milk. Bureaucratic villain. If that needs to tell you anything. Like, he'll drink milk straight, which freaks me out. But they're in the first, uh, the really creepy orange, like, clearly, like, they spray gave tan. him a spray tan for the TV for show, I think. Show, for yeah. the effect, yeah. So he, uh, the, uh, I do... The best, one of the best lines of that entire episode was, "I do uh, four boob jobs a day for twenty grand a pop. Of course, I own a boat." Yeah, which it feels like that line was written just for that line because, yeah. like, why does Booth like him asking about the boat leads nowhere? Yeah, like he just asked him if he has a boat for that, like basically for that line. Yeah, it's a good line. Well, they, she was killed on a boat, or she was oh, on a boat. Oh, okay, I missed that. Um, but so, so anyway, so he's really creepy. And he asks um, Bones, well, he tells Bones that she's very attractive. She has a very nice bone structure, mm-hmm. which. Um, which is the kind of attractive you'd think she'd be yeah, happy I mean, to hear about. She also is bone very. Bone attractiveness. I mean, Emily has a very, like, distinctive bone structure. Yeah, like, yeah. her she face has, like, is very. She has, like, a very, like, specific yeah. face, yeah. But anyway, so he says that it's very nice, right? He's mm-hmm. acknowledging that she's very attractive. But then he's like, oh, it's never too early to get ahead. So the show sort of does, to give the writer credit, the, the show does address the idea that the people who are, people who are attracted, no, 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 the, even people who are very attractive are drawn to this. It's not about, right. it's well, not about just ugly people. That's what the main people. character's issue yeah. was clearly like when they talked to her boyfriend, Nick, like he's like, I always, like, I thought she was beautiful from the beginning and like, you know, was That's the her. sort of dialogue I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still, like the I, they're trying to tell us the idea is that like she would have never been pretty, you know, like even if she looked like Emily Deschanel, yeah. she would have not been enough for her. And the crazy thing, you know, what the crazy thing about that is, is that what? none of that even mattered for her. No, it literally had nothing to do with that. Yeah, it it, it's had, almost like we chased around the all these reason, names she had for like thirty minutes, and then it had nothing. And to then do it was just anything. that like some girl was jealous that like. Yeah, it's almost like they. Yeah, I. You know what? There's there would have been there's several much more satisfying 
They, they could have, I wish that one of the other people had killed her. It would have been more interesting, I think. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think of what like you know how you know how there was that whole thing about he had that that unique uh, procedure that he was doing, and like mm-hmm. she was the trial. Like maybe it had no, gone wrong. And yeah, he killed her exactly, or like he had messed it up so much, and he didn't want for other people to see that he had yeah. messed up somebody's face. Like, but none of that. It was it's like totally sidelined. It didn't even matter that he was a plastic surgeon. It's just like no. It's like the most ba- literally the most this is basic why it's, murder. He's a plastic boy. surgeon is because every time they do a travel episode, they write like fifteen very stereotypical things about that location, and they put them all in a hat, and then they pull out three of them, and then they write the episode about those three. Well, the plastic surgery thing is super cool, and that's also I think a common thing in murder shows where like there's some yeah. alteration like breast implants, especially or since it's a bone show. The alter yeah. that that is a good like first act twist where they're like the bone is different. Yeah, yeah, and it's also an interesting twist that the same tool that was used to, I mean, it's not very subtle, but the tool that was used to alter her, alter her face was, was what killed kill her. her yeah. But it doesn't play out because it could have been anything because that other girl killed her that doesn't have anything to do with plastic surgery. You yeah. know, I don't know. They didn't even resolve that. It's also my favorite, <clears throat> my, one of my favorite moments in this episode is when they have, she pulls the, you know, silicon uh, implant out of the, corpse mm-hmm. and then there's a cut to one of, there's three montages which we'll talk about of L, just la girls basically mm-hmm. um or and, like la partying yeah and it yeah. cuts to this thing where it's all these weird zooms on breasts yeah yeah which and by it's the like way, a crazy it's like are we i'm like is this supposed to be like a bad like are we supposed to be disturbed yeah. by these naked women like it's kind of an odd it's a funny it's like brennan out of brennan's mouth we're condemning like like the uh the glamorization of like certain kinds of body types but then like in the in these montages we're like i guess the idea is the montages are but maybe they're supposed to be like parody or something i I don't this is not not like the show is operating this is not like a a so gatsby moment like this is just like this looks like a regular music video that they would shoot in la there's nothing like the other there's no like some sardonic the other contradiction i feel like is that like the if we're to believe that the show is sort of being like, oh, all these girls are like showing off, um, you know, probably somehow modified boobs or something. But like, meanwhile, Brennan spends the whole episode in like highly busty tank tops. You know what I mean? She and like the whole first the season. Yeah. I know. She is like, it's not like <laughs> she's highly like, busty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like that's how my mom would say it. She would say busty. <laughs> that's why I'm saying that way. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so yeah, they, sh- when they first show up to LA, it's like, I, I like the, the look of this episode is really cool and interesting. We were talking about the, I think sometimes when they do travel episodes, they want to like mix it up a little bit. Change and, the lighting and stuff. Yeah. And the framing, like the last episode we did, we did this one that was in new Orleans and it was like really weird. And like, so it was like canted angles abound. Like almost every angle was a canted angle. And some of them were like really canted. It was like. Because <laughs> the crazy. bayou is shifty. <laughs> I guess so. Or we were supposed to feel like uneasy or something. But and this one, there's like every establishing shot is this like slow zoom in, extremely symmetrical, sh- really wide shot. It's like almost like 2001 A Space Odyssey or something. I was it's thinking like, about the Like the scene, the, the, um. The scenes, too, where she's in the lab, like the L.A. Yeah. lab, and it's like from the f- floor, it feels like the situation They're low. in, in Do- Doctor Strangelove. Yes. You know what uh, I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, there's like this. They're like lower uh, angle than you would do. They're like wider, really. Sim- every establishing shot in this is so symmetrical. 
it looks really cool and they clearly like i think they probably spent a good amount on this episode because they got some like establishing shots of the hotel rooftop bar that like the actors are clearly in so they're not like stock you know like they really spent some money getting those too like it looks great is i love the way this episode looks you can sort of tell too because when it switches back to the jeffersonian it, it, just, it doesn't look as well. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look bad, but it just doesn't look as There's still some really cinematic. symmetrical shots, like when Angela's in her office. But um, the other thing is, is in uh, this is another parallel with the Sex and the City episode, which is that the, the like getting a cool car when you go to L.A. thing, mm-hmm. I guess, is a thing. I don't know if that's a thing, but according to TV shows about L.A., it is. Um, and And of course, another thing that always happens in travel episodes, which is that like for some reason the Jeffersonian gives way more money to Brennan than the FBI gives to Booth. So Brennan always gets like first class and like yeah. a nice hotel. And we don't even see Booth's hotel. We just get this like cool rooftop bar at Brennan's hotel. Like if anyone has ever been to a hotel that has a hotel bar like that, <laughs> I don't believe it. I have been when I went to bar, when we I stayed like a weekend in Barcelona when I studied abroad. Yeah. And this hotel we stayed in like every night we were there had like a seemed like a very poppin' party on the rooftop bar every night. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it exists. I just never, I mean, hotel bars to me but, are But like I lame. had the same reaction. Yeah. I was like, what is going on at this? Like, like, cause to me, it's like, why would you have a party with a bunch of strangers? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just doesn't seem like where you would want to have a party, but also can we address the, uh, <laughs> the like Maison sin <laughs> of this, of this bar? Of this bar where there's all of these great. ridiculously modern pieces of furniture that Brennan is just hanging out in. Like, I, yeah, the one where she FaceTimes Angela is like this little red pod. It's like a giant, yeah, it's like it looks like a giant raspberry that they've hollowed out <laughs> for her to sit in. And she's in this most like she looks like she's like in a like a John Hughes movie, like Skyping her friend on her bed. Like, yeah, like, a, like, like a 17 year old, like on her bed with yeah. her like legs up in the air. Well, but not like, John Hughes. Cause she wouldn't have to Skype, but like that type of movie, you know, no, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A high school movie. But in it, it also isn't like totally unrealistic that a hotel would have like a weird piece of furniture that like is trying to revolutionize the chair in a yeah. way that is totally unnecessary. <laughs> no, it's not. A, it, it works. It's not ridiculous or it is ridiculous, but it's not unreal. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, they just wanted a weird set. And my favorite part is, uh, Angela's set up with these monitors. Yeah. Angela yeah. has three monitors and one of them is like pretty much a normal monitor. And then the other two are like, you know, that part <laughs> in the dark night, um, when the Joker like makes that video where he like yes, kills yeah. the fake Batman guy and he's like, <laughs> it's like this weird. And then later Alfred like tries to do like facial recognition on it. Yeah. And he like has that one still of just part of the Joker's face. That's okay. what the other <laughs> monitors actually, look like. Like I always think that Buffy, <laughs> Oh, I always think that Bones has. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I always think that Bones has like some weird, like, you know, there, there's like different levels of the fantasy of the technology. There's the hologram, which, so Austin's a computer science major. He knows a lot about the tech stuffs. And he has informed me that the hologram is 0% allowed. <laughs> well, that's just <laughs> not what it would seem, look like. It seems like there are hologram things, but it wouldn't be. But were there in 2006? Um, well, no, no. I mean, that would, that would, that doesn't exist ever yeah. in that way. <laughs> okay. Well, the weird thing about this hologram too is What about when they like that, brought back 
prince or whatever. Like, who did they bring back to, like, perform as a hologram? No, no, no. Holograms do exist. But, like, the idea of having that sort of hologram, like, in an office like that. Is ridiculous. Like, you would have to have a lot more equipment. (laughs) <laughs> to make that happen and also and the also weird an thing, expert right like angela is like an artist who like randomly does the computer stuff which is angela's like a straight-up magician in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no yeah, she's, she's not doing a, her computer magic but so the, the the part about the hologram that i think is funny is the little like specks that are everywhere because <laughs> yeah. it's like somehow they're like in a grid but they're like yeah. also kind of floating yeah and like so the whole idea of a hologram is that you have something to project the image on right like yeah, smoke or something yeah, exactly so like, see how there's like you can like count the number of specs. Yeah. So that means there's not enough to project an image, which suggests that the specs are also part of the hologram. <laughs> so like this is a situation in which the like they probably rendered this normally, yeah. like without the specs, and then like somebody on the the like graphic design or the CGI team is like it doesn't look enough like a hologram. Yeah. Throw in the specs. The specs. <clears throat> specs with a K, by the way. It's also funny to me. Um, so you know how it's like turning around always? Yeah. Why would that ever be the default? <laughs> <laughs> when would that? Because Angela cause made it. You can imagine it's like, you know, in Thor Ragnarok, there's that joke where he's like talking to him and the oh, chain yeah. slowly spinning around. He's like, hold on one second. And then there's like an yeah, awkward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it would be like. Like, oh, let's look at his nose. Wait one second. Well, because they all... to come back around. Oh, look at his nose again. Well, I guess because <clears> they're all standing around it in a circle. And so it's like. If it were facing one way, it would make no sense for them to stand around it at different points because they would all be looking at it like huddled together. But that's like not a cinematic. I don't know. I mean, and I guess for the we're, visual, we're, we're nitpicking about this. Like it is. Yeah, it's reasonable. But, but also so what I wanted to say was that there's that <coughs> level of like technological improbability that I totally yeah. accept. I'm like, that is the fantasy yeah. part of this. I'm good. The part that I it, like also, nags at me as a as an aside, like that sort of technology still exists. Like that, they could still be doing that exact same thing, but it just wouldn't be this nice hologram. Right. So it's right. not a fantasy. It would be like yeah. Angela looking on her monitor. Yeah. But the thing that like nags at me all the time is that they're constantly skyping the Jeffersonian like so seamlessly <laughs> and like without any like why does this bone room that's in L.A. like they've made this bone room in L.A. which is decorated beautifully by the way it's all white and then has like these beautiful like large printouts of cells do you remember this it looks like it would give me a headache <laughs> it looks like not only is it all white not like good all, the, all the white all the walls and the floor are fluorescent lights yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so blue it's like such a like it's like 56k color temp in there all the time that's a that's a little white balance yeah, I'm, joke <laughs> i'm gonna um, pretend like i know what the fuck that means okay. <laughs> um but anyway so like the thing is that bothers me is that they're like constantly skyping um they're constantly Skyping each other, like, so seamlessly. And, like, those m- big monitors that are in the bone room in L.A., not hooked to anything. Like, ha- like, b- does Brandon know how to do that? Like, I feel like she's old enough that, like, she doesn't know how to seamlessly FaceTime people. And then the other thing is what you pointed out, which is that Angela in her office in this episode, and I've never seen this again because maybe they noticed it and thought it was super weird, but she has a portrait one, which is Brennan in a normal sort of framing, but yeah, it's like, portrait, so it's there's still but it's lots like of it's questions. still reasonable, like it's <laughs> yeah, like a reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> she has two horizontal monitors, <laughs> one that's focused on one, <laughs> one of Brennan's eyes, and then the other one is like half of her mouth. It's it like, looks like it looks like some at? experimental film or something. <laughs> yes. 
And That's another, creepy. if you, the more you think about it too, like the internal logic of these monitors, it's like, well, it's kind of well established, but it's very strange. So like when she's in LA, there's a time where she has two monitors and then Hodgins and Zach are on, or so Zach's on one of the monitors and yeah. the other and monitor, Zach gets super close the to the other, camera because yeah. he can't. No, that's, that's a different time. This, but that was also really, that's where Zach like somehow doesn't understand how webcams work. He's like the nerdiest guy in the entire world and yeah. he doesn't understand how webcams work. But there's another one. She's. In the she's in the the white room in LA, and so Zach's on one of the monitors and he's talking to her. Yeah. And the other monitor's blank, like it's black. It's like turned off. Then, like there's like a spatial logic to these two monitors, like the way that if you were like you know doing some homework or something, you had two monitors and you could move your yeah, mouse yeah, from one yeah. to the other. Zach Hodgins <laughs> comes in and Zach walks across out of the frame and into the other monitor and it turns on. <laughs> Which what this this is suggests that there's two cameras oh in this God. Jeffersonian which are like detecting motion, <laughs> yeah. and Zach just and happens to walk to like be in these monitors in a spatial. Yeah. And I mean, I understand why they like the appeal of that from the storytelling because it makes it feel like they're more they're not just. And I mean, all these monitors seem like they're done in post, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably just a green screen. Yeah. It makes them seem like they're more part of the like the set, you know, like they're really yeah. there. But it's just such a strange. It just like also like the I same. The if same. In two thousand six, it wouldn't be so jarring because it would be a little bit closer to the hologram. Because now we Skype with such frequency. I guess you, we were skyping in two thousand five, but I don't know. It it really it's the one with Brennan's eye. <laughs> it just like gets me so hard. Um, but anyway, so I guess we should talk a little bit about the actual case here. So, well, so then the C plot is that, and, and we meet this girl and we meet one of these in almost every travel episode, which is the local law. Yeah. Um, that's like a trope basically. And yeah. And in this episode, it is a girl named, uh, detective trip. Is that it? Detective. I don't know. Hold on. Let me find. This Detective. plot also makes no sense, so... Well, it makes kind of sense, but then... It's, okay, Agent Trisha Finn. That's played by a girl named Claire Coffey. <laughs> Claire Coffey? That's her name. God bless her for that name. Trisha Finn is a very L.A. name. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's almost as L.A. as Claire Coffey. That's like a, a Pacific Northwest name. Yeah. So anyway, Claire Coffey... Uh, which is why I'm referring to her because that's a better uh, that's a better name. Claire Coffey is the is the local law enforcement. She's very like L.A. and Booth completely writes her she, off from the get go. The thing is, is that she's like, not she's local blonde. law enforcement though. She's also an FBI agent. But she's clearly based in L.A. Yeah, but yeah. it's like she's yeah. Sorry, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the case in the in the New Orleans one. I think the detective was also a FBI detective. But they were sort of more odd, so I think maybe actually she was. You know what is a fun thing? Whenever there's an FBI agent ever in any media ever, they have to like come up with the reason why the oh, FBI. Yeah. It's at the airport. That's yeah, it. it's at the airport. Yeah, so it's like always. Well, at least they're explaining that away and not just like. Well, I mean, I wouldn't care. Like, I'm not. I wouldn't nitpick yeah. that. But every it's fun to come up. This was a good reason, you know. It was in the airport. So. Well, as someone who doesn't know much about the FBI except for from Bones, like I would totally accept that the FBI is allowed to interfere and in literally like that they're just high enough that like they can just do whatever they want. I don't you know? know. Yeah, it seems like fake news that they are. It's like oh, it has to cross state lines or something. Yeah. Like you're telling it's me like, if there was like a super super high profile like the FBI criminal, wouldn't get but they only did crimes in New Hampshire and they're <laughs> like whoa, don't want to overstep our bounds. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's like. 
into this like New country? Hampshire serial killer that's killed like a hundred people, yeah. but they're all in New Hampshire. Wouldn't want to <laughs> go too far and step on the New Hampshireans' toes here. That sounds like a funny sitcom episode where they're like pushing him out of New Hampshire so the FBI can get involved. <laughs> but yeah, so Booth is like a total jerk to this agent and immediately. Really which, by obvious. the way, why does Booth not wear his suit? He sometimes wears his suit, but sometimes he's like in a hoodie. Because he's in, well, he kind of goes like undercover at one point where he calls That's that prostitute. That's true. He wears his, uh, do you want to talk about the t-shirt he wears? Oh, the MySpace t-shirt? It's what not it a say? MySpace what does it t-shirt. Say it just says, give me MySpace, which is very angsty. <laughs> but I guess maybe it's like kind of LA. But Austin thought it was like a MySpace reference, which is weird. Um, <laughs> Way to throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but the C plot of this episode is just Booth hating her and then telling her off, and that's the end. Well, it also doesn't make sense at first why he even hates her. Like I didn't no. pick, I didn't pick just up because she's it. like blonde and from LA. Yeah, like I thought there was some like this was like something that I had not like this was a previous episode. No, because no, no. He he eventually monologues to her about um like How her the FBI selling is, like, out. Super serious. Yeah, he's like I take my profession seriously. Yeah. And also, like, Booth, like, is pretty relaxed. Like, it's not like he's, like, it's not like he's well, the most. He, but the the Booth persona is that he's, like, super jovial and cool. And then he's, like, really serious about his duty, though, you know? He's, like, very honorable. Yeah. When it comes down to it. Except That's what we love about Booth. Lying about the kind of car that he gets. That that, was an, that's true. That was a nice feminist joke, too, there. Yeah. They, you were talking i was just referencing back to when you were talking about her being like oh i don't want to go to la as like a feminist oh well something. because i guess she doesn't want to feel like she can like i don't know that, that feels like false <laughs> feminism where she's just a bum she's a subordinate yeah. <laughs> okay so what we sh okay so that's the c plot i i don't have much to say that about agent finn except for that i mean she get really gets done dirty in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Also, no resolution. He just like totally chews her out, and then that's yeah, it. yeah. I mean, she's there at the end when they arrest the girl. Like, I guess she helps, but we don't even see her get to help at all. She like, doesn't really help. No, at all. she doesn't help. Which the show doesn't say. Like, the show doesn't want you to think she's unhelpful. You, but like, they don't also don't show her helping. So, just I love like, also do the, better for Claire the, the show kind of implicates us in this crusade that Booth has. <laughs> Or like, I feel like the tone of it is that I'm supposed to be on like, oh yeah, Booth Teller, you know, like that's kind yeah. of, it's not like the show is being like, oh, Booth is overstepping his bounds, but I just wasn't with him on it. I just didn't really. Yeah. It's a bummer. And then the D plot, I would say, maybe this is like a part of the C plot. I was hoping that we, we could skip straight to the Z plot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the D plot is Brennan's movie. And this like kind of gets back to something we talked about in the pilot, which is that. I feel like that's more of the C plot and then the FBI agent. It's the D plot, plot. maybe. Yeah, I think they're equally C and D. Like maybe they're both the C, D plot. They're like C plus and C minus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, we talked about this in the pilot, which is that like. It doesn't like Brennan is so like, like she has her tender moment with Angela almost every episode where Angela, mm -hmm. where she's like, Angela, sweetie. this is actually really, oh my God, <laughs> hate it when she calls her sweetie. She calls her sweetie in this episode, but, um, doesn't she in every episode? I, she must. Yeah. But she like is generally not that interested in like sentimental things, period. So mm -hmm. the fact that she writes books is perplexing. 
like fiction books. I feel like she would write really bad books. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, why would it be a bestseller? It doesn't make any sense. She would be great at like a nonfiction book about anthropology, but like the fact that she writes these books that like all these people are invested in the characters enough to option it to Penny Marshall. We haven't talked about it yet, but Penny Marshall is directing. Reading more? That's got to be a thrill for a first-time author. I wasn't actually there. You must be a big fan of Penny's films. So which one's your favorite? I enjoyed her humorous treatment of the time-space paradox. Big! Yeah. Very funny. Time-space paradox. Penny, who is going to write the script? Don't I get to do that? We'll talk. Which cut, stop, or whatever you, you say. Brennan, well, I want to come with you. I have to go because we have a suspect and I have to go. Would you look at that? Passion. I don't even know who Penny Marshall is. She directed Big. She's Gary. Mar- they tell you everything you need I to mean, know about Penny Marshall in this episode. I, I was listening when they were like, when she made that dumb. I don't even understand still what the joke even was about Big. That Have burned, you seen Big? With Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. I understand. I know what the plot of it is. Well, did you, okay. Do I have to explain the joke? To no, you? I get the joke, but it's just a okay. dumb joke. And <laughs> that whole scene just was irksome to me. I thought it was cool that Penny Marshall was in this because I like her. Uh, I like her movies, but um, not as much as Gary Marshall's movies, who we have talked extensively about on this podcast. Who's we did Gary it. Marshall? Gary Marshall directed like Pretty Woman, oh. Woman, not Women. <laughs> That's not a very good movie. Well, we we discussed Princess Diaries too, which is an excellent movie. Oh. He also directed, um, shoot, what else did, what does he direct? Princess Diaries 1. I think Runaway Bride maybe is Gary Marshall. Hold on. I've never seen that. Princess, Princess Diaries 1 and Princess Diaries 2. Oh, he did like the Valentine's Day movies and the New Year's Eve movies. But those are fun. Like, I mean, okay, he's not like a, the Valentine's he's not Day like one that kind of director. Kinda good. Like, the Valentine's Day one is The New Year's Eve one is terrible. The Mother's Day one is really bad, too. I haven't seen the Mother's Day. I mean, Valentine's Day, to be fair, is the only one I've seen. But it's I like that one. And he did Runaway Bride. I just feel so bad for Ashton Kutcher. Why? Because he He's gets, fine, he dude. He gets he's dumped rich. at the beginning of that movie. You know, Do you know Ashton Kutcher has invested in, like, so many companies? Yeah, he's super he's smart. Like, I watched a video one time of him on Ellen where he, like, donated, like, $10 million to, like, some charity that Ellen had. I think he was, like, one of the original investors in Vitamin Water. That's a dumb thing to be an investor in. But I think he made a lot of money. Is vitamin water like a new thing? Well, I mean, it was when he invested in like 2009 or whatever. He invested in a payments service that was really Venture successful. Venture capital work. Um, <laughs> I don't know any of these companies. I don't even understand most of these words. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen to this. This is weird. On October 29th, 2013, Lenovo announced that it hired Kutcher as a product engineer. Does that not seem like something he is not qualified for? I think that means, I think a product engineer is like someone who's just like working on features and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's like an actual like technical role. He owns an Italian restaurant with his, oh my gosh, with his two 70s co-stars. That's cute. And a Japanese themed restaurant. I mean, he, he owns most of Los Angeles, according to this Wikipedia article. So, just to clarify, when I said I feel bad for Ashton Kutcher, it was merely me referencing the beginning of the movie Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, and he, uh, when he gets not his general who is that? Is that financial? Who success. is that? Like, uh, who plays that girl? Amber Heard or something? I don't know. 
I can't remember. He also uh, has a geisha house. Oh, no. It's the Japanese-themed restaurant. It's called Geisha House. It went out of business, unfortunately. Anyway, um, back to this Bones episode that's not about Ashton Kutcher at all. Although, kind of, because he is a star. Austin has started using his mic in a weird way. Um, <laughs> um, I do it for the fans. <clears throat> I was going to say, just to round out this this m- movie thing, I, I think this... Uh, first of all, I would not get Brennan to write this script based on her inability to understand human emotions. I just, I don't know that she'd be great at it. Although the evidence shows that she's maybe good at it. Although I I don't know. We'll see. I I don't know. Do you know if there's any like study that's ever been done about movies that have been written by like adaptations that have been written by the author versus by another person? Like which one's more? Probably there's More been common. a study. I don't know. Be kind of interesting. I think mostly when when they do it, it's because they already write screenplays. You know what I mean? Like the person has written screenplays before, and books, so it's like it transfers. Yeah. I know. Ga- I know. Gillian Flynn wrote Gone Girl screenplay, the Gone Girl screenplay, which is pretty good. But she also used to be an entertainment. She used to be a writer for Entertainment Weekly. Like I feel like the I feel like the not that that like qualifies you to write screenplays, yeah, but like I, was I feel say. like I feel like when um it won't work for an author to ad- adapt their thing is that they don't under like understand what a screenplay needs to be that well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where obviously, if you're a writer for Entertainment Weekly, you probably do. Um, but anyway, you can look up that information on your own time. Close brackets on tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that this suffers from uh that thing that sometimes Los Angeles things do, which is like a total disdain for the job that everyone working on this show has. Like, first of all, this poor actor, Nick, who seems like a real nice guy. Like I really, I mean, Booth was all cynical. He's like, Oh, he is an actor. This is a job to like make us convinced. It's like, I don't know, Nick, he got me. Okay. Boreanis. Which by the way, um, fun fact about the, they, they call out that he had a role on 24 another Fox show that I think had just recently started up. And uh, the Wikipedia page says in this episode, um, Nick had a role as a terrorist in 24. In reality, the only credited actors with the name Nick in 24 are Nick Jameson, a Russian president and Nick Offerman who portrayed a racist. (laughs) I can't believe there's only two Nicks on all of 24. Like the Nick Offerman. Yeah. Nick Offerman, Nick Offerman. Um, but yeah, like I wonder. Oh, like, racist! That's his whole character. Yeah. Nick Offerman trying out for well, it the actually racist. Says, it actually says it portrayed a racist that was arrested. So at least he didn't get to be a racist for very long. And you can be a racist after you're arrested. <laughs> that is true. Um, what else do we need to talk about? We didn't really go like super duper duper in order for this one, but i feel like we've touched a lot of it but most of this is them running around um talking about how much they hate plastic surgery and talking to asshole surgery doctors who i totally believe exist yeah. um i have one question for you you ready mm-hmm. do we think zach knows michael jackson or Joan rivers i hope he i think he knows michael jackson like which one did he have to look up I mean, I didn't know that Joan Rivers had that much plastic surgery. I didn't either, actually. I did. I knew about Michael Jackson. But Isn't it weird that Hodgins owns the whole thing? 
yeah, in so this episode. It seems like they didn't plan that out. We've skirted a little bit around the uh, the B plot because it was so lackluster. But like, Hodgins is so insubordinate in this. They're, my favorite part is when he's like, "Why don't you drop a report?" And he's like, "Like write one." Like he's like a teenage <laughs> like kid. Like a written report. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have to present this to he's like, like scholars for findings, which is obvious. Like you're a scientist, Hodgins." And he goes. <laughs> Okay. It's like, yeah, you have to write it's your like work. It's that kid where job, they come around and the te- you, you had to answer some questions for your homework and the, the teacher's coming around and make sure you answered them. And that kid, it's like, well, I answered them in my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like Hodgins. Like, I guess that I like, I guess the subplot is supposed to be like, boys are stupid and like immature. Like that's like Angela's like thesis about it. But Hodgins should have been fired, if I'm honest. Like they. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that he owns the whole thing, doesn't he? Own the Jefferson. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not even sure if they knew that <laughs> at this point. And like, even so, like when they get to that episode, he's super weird about, it and he doesn't want anyone to know, and he doesn't want to be treated differently. So like, I don't buy that in this episode. The reason he's being such a dick is because he thinks he can't get fired. But the thing, because Doctor Goodman clearly doesn't. know But why that. doesn't he fire Doctor Goodman? He really doesn't like him. If he owns the whole thing. I don't think he doesn't like him. I think Hodges is just like a super curmudgeon about like literally everything for no reason. It's also hard for me to believe sometimes when he's like, oh, you're using your imagination too much because all of these crime shows, that's all they do is make this shit up on the spot, you know? Like very oh, often yeah, they're just yeah. like, oh, they're sort of conject. I mean, it's I not mean, as bad as like in Criminal Minds or something, but. Oh, we've gone to the Criminal Minds bashing. Austin doesn't like Criminal Minds. I told you we talked about Criminal Minds as the only uh, sh- show other than Bones that everybody likes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is all I'm saying is that if this was a Criminal Minds podcast, I would not be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. End of statement. <laughs> that is my statement about Criminal Minds. Um, I will say that, like, I feel like Bones as a show tries to take pride in, like, because of all of it, it's, it's all, like, Bones and Zach especially are, like, you can't make suppositions, you can't jump to conclusions, etc. Yeah. Like, they do it, they try to do a thing where, like, they only infer things from facts, but, of course, we just sort of, like, have to take their word for it. But, yeah. It's also weird that Bones wouldn't be objective, like, wouldn't object to the way Goodman does things, like, getting a feel. Like, that seems like something she would be really averse to, but she just, like, skips out and doesn't care. Anyway, I mean, also it is like Hodgins is sort of right. Like it's a problem if this guy's like systematically unscientific with the way he's (laughs) identifying these bodies at like a nationally around archaeological institute. Like, yeah, but he's not he's not like that. The thing is, what frustrates Hodgins isn't that he's jumping to conclusions based on intuition. It's that he's refusing to come to conclusions because he's both. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't like the, he doesn't like everything because Hodgins is like super annoyed in this episode. It's just very but. weird too when it goes to one of those scenes because it's just so out of place. Yeah. Like it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. And usually they talk more. The I guess they talk a little bit about it, but usually the, they, I don't know. Well, they talk like Booth and Brennan sort of talk about, well, Brennan's like, oh, well, Hodgins isn't going to like him. That happens in like the first six minutes. And, and she, they never she talk tells about the audience Hodgins isn't going to like him. Like, you don't even have to tell us that. Like, we know. Like, he's <laughs> he already really, like, yelled he's at really his superior. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then at the end, they talk about it, but they don't talk about that. They just say like, oh, well, something about your, you know, Ice Age friend at home. Ha, ha, ha. Booth said something at the end. But yeah. it's not like about Hodgins and Goodman. It's just about this. I would have loved to see us because basically Hodgins' solution to this is for him to say oh i'm waiting for the digital like technology so that i can do this without yeah. destructing the bones and do it for sure i i'm really worried that they didn't 
follow up on that. Like when the when the technology came, like did I mean, doctor they have Grimm- those ridiculous holograms? So they don't have the X ray technology. To figure <laughs> I know, out. <laughs> also, Doctor Goodman just like disappears from the show after a year, so <clears throat> I guess they never would come back to it. But anyway, all right, we're gonna like I feel like we wrapped up most of the episode. Just we didn't go like beat by beat. Usually, Nyara and I go kind of like beat by beat, but we just like sort we of did touched free form. On. Yeah, yeah, we did some free form. Some stream, was there anything that we didn't touch on? Um. Let me let me look at my notes really quickly. I mean, his. Oh my god, are you just sitting yeah. there? Also, doesn't have any notes. <laughs> I was looking over my notes, waiting for him to find his notes, and then I looked back, and he was just staring at. Me. Um, I mean, the main thing is like, this rooftop bar is just like. I just have a lot of notes about this, the craziness of this rooftop bar. Dude, I was just Where people that. are wearing two-piece bathing suits, like, even in the dead of night, which to <laughs> me seems a little bit cold. <laughs> um, I said, ask Austin, what the fuck is up with these monitors? I, th- I feel like we've, we've sufficiently covered that. <clears throat> and also, Zach Addy doesn't know how to use webcams. Also, one of the questions I have is, you know how, like, the security guy, the really weird scene where Booth is, like, lounging around and talking <laughs> to that prostitute? He's like, and take me one of your French girls. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm an FBI agent. And she's like, ha, ha, ha. And then he's like, no, really, I'm an FBI agent. And, and then she's like, like, why are you sitting so sensually? <laughs> total dick to the security office yeah and like my, my question he's is like how does the security really officer know that trip. that girl is a prostitute maybe i don't know maybe they have a picture at the front desk i don't know <laughs> like i feel like <laughs> booth in seasons one and two a little bit is like way more power trippy than he is later like he just really likes his badge i mean i don't blame him like it's kind of cool but i don't know <clears throat> all right well now that we've discussed most of the episode we're let's do our segments okay are you ready the first segment is this would never air in 2019 so i just come up with something yep wait what (laughs) i don't understand what what is this a game is that a a statement was that a question like what is that the whole segment That's the whole segment moving on. No, I'm just kidding. So we, we, we picked something out of the episode that we think would not air today. We kind of talked about like most of the yeah, plastic surgery stuff. Yeah, the stuff beauty before. image stuff. Yeah. It's not like bad. It's just like. I feel like in 2019, there's like, a, there's like a you're kind of allowed to do whatever you want to your own body exactly. without shame situation. Yeah. That there wouldn't be as extends. much shame about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also, but that you know. monitor stuff would never air, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that would exist. I don't know. I I mean, I've watched bo- The Bones that aired in 2017, and it's not like it got that much less absurd. But I will say Angela, like, dr- graduates, like, sort of graduates down to a, like, more, obvi- like, a screen in her office that, like, makes more sense and is less hologrammy, but, like, it would it's like a total demotion in terms of technology but like does make it more realistic it's almost like they got like so much hate mail about the hologram i mean the hologram doesn't bother me it's those monitors it's <laughs> and like who set them up like i feel like i always don't have enough hdmi cords for that you know, I know. <clears throat> anyway um our second uh one that i don't know maybe you didn't take note of this as much but it's it's fashion watch 
what are what do we think are the most dated or outrageous fashion moments for me it is bones like long tanks that like hug her all the way below her butt <laughs> you know what I'm no <laughs> they go like these tanks that like we said are super busty at the top but they like <laughs> go all the way down like over her jeans and then she'll just like kind of like casually drape like a huge belt around her waist we'll put we'll That's put a picture so somewhere odd. because it's like such a weird look um i mean i think all the bikinis at night that's all the bikinis, fashion watch. yeah but those like those would happen today yeah that's true yeah also i like booth's like casual like uh leather jacket t-shirt yeah, look i love it when good, he does. Yeah. he d- often does that on the road i also brennan i can't tell if they just like lost an item of clothing or something but like from scene to scene she switches between this like super ratty brown blazer and like a leather brown blazer and it's really weird see i never pick up on that i just <laughs> never like she has like two in the car and she's like constantly <laughs> switching them yeah ta- um, she's criticizing other people for being so vain she's the one constantly changing she can't her figure outfit. out when to wear which blazer um and then what do we think is the most los angeles thing about this episode probably the beach volleyball scene yeah there's a lot of like criticism of like contracted workers they're like oh they're like in the middle of the day playing beach volleyball. Yeah, that was a weird... Also, like, it could be a Saturday. <laughs> well, they know what day it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... Also, when would you play beach volleyball? At night? In the <laughs> dark? Like... <laughs> but Booth is like, I don't play beach volleyball. I have a job. It's, it's a weird thing to get up in, in arms about. It really is. Um, maybe the Sky Bar reference. They dr- Oh, they drive down... Sun- or they drive down that, oh, like, yeah. road with all the palm trees that is very, like... I feel like that's in the... I think it's in the first episode of 90210, too. It's like, like a very classic. It's like the Yeah. Um, they don't have any garbage. They make it into a television show scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow this episode has more disdain for the entertainment industry than Annie Hall does. Woody and that, that's do. honestly kind of crazy. Um, <clears throat> and maybe the car. Maybe the... Oh, his sunglasses. I was wearing sunglasses. But he wears his sunglasses in... Yeah. Also, Maryland. Brennan in the first scene in the bone room is wearing these flared white pants that are completely ridiculous. I just don't notice the fashion. How is she so bad at dressing herself in a way that is flattering? <laughs> Except for the busty shirts. That's the only <laughs> thing she knows how to do. <laughs> Such a weird sense of style. Um, anyway, this is a pretty fun episode. How would you rate it out of one one to ten? How would you rate it as a Bones episode? As a Bones episode? I mean, it's way better than any of the other ones I've heard. Heard? Oh, you mean as a Bones cast episode? Oh, Bones cast episode. (laughs) Wait, first of all. (laughs) I'm just joking. Um, uh, This is up there. This is like, you know, this is definitely one of my favorite ones, I think. Oh, wow. Well, not one of my favorite ones. I would give it like a 7.5. It's definitely above average. Yeah. It's missing some out like I I like I miss the episodes without Cam. To be I honest, like it when Cam is in there. Do you know Cam? Yeah, she's the she's also in white collar. She's in there for a while. Is she? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen her in anything. But else. um yeah, I mean this I, I would say like in terms of general like vibe of the episode, like an eight. In terms of the mystery of it, it wasn't that good. I don't think that the mystery was well executed. No. Uh so I give that like a five. I wanna say, um, 
we've been really like kind of harshing on how this episode treats Los Angeles. But a, a quote from Austin that I wrote down from when we watched the episode is, I really enjoy the idea of California that this show puts forth. <laughs> so clearly it wasn't that bad. Well, I meant like I enjoy it like it's funny there. Oh, okay. You mean like the, oh. like that was like when they you were at the sky those. bar. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're quoting me. Keep me honest. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm right now. I'm keeping a tab. Um, what was your favorite line? Was it? <laughs> it's like she lived on the world instead of in it. Um, I mean, that was pretty it's awesome. Who was it that was like, I'm a doctor or like, no, I'm a, I'm an archaeologist. archaeologist. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. We were to, I hate it when people on TV shows like state their job. Like when, like in any show where people are like, I'm a cop. This is what I do. But Booth does this shit a lot. He'll be like, this is what FBI agents do. I take my job very seriously. Yeah. I'm a journalist. It should be illegal for any character in any, uh, movie ever who's a journalist to say the line i'm a journalist because i hate it um like a newsroom movie yeah pretty much all right i think so i told you about the way we sign off which is that we twitter no, no well yeah we'll do that but like but after we do that we're gonna do like a one two three and say our favorite science word from the episode we low-key forgot to do this last time i don't know a science word we're so good at podcasting just like anything, any okay. sciencey part of it that you remember from the, you can just say any word. There wasn't this is much just so that I don't have in this to. episode, to be honest. There wasn't like a lot of talk about the. Yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't. Um, I still came up with a word. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> um, the the only point of this game is so that I don't have to do the outro. Like I don't have to sign off. You okay. know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't have to end it. Yeah. We can just end it with the word. Um, but so yeah, before we do that, that's our episode for the week. Our episodes drop sometimes on Tuesdays um, or whenever we have time to make them. Uh, we're on iTunes podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Unless it's not one of those. <clears throat> in no, case. I think we're on some other stuff. Oh, sorry. My bad. I don't actually know anything about <laughs> what's going podcast. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh so we'll have a new one next week i think well i think you can also subscribe to the rss feed although i i've we've been doing this podcast for like two months i still really don't know what the rss feed is <laughs> but uh you can find that somewhere uh we'll have a new one next week and uh we're gonna continue our travel episode series if you want to get in contact with us as a pod you can email us at boneskastpod at gmail.com and you can find us on twitter and instagram at boneskastpod I am Ella Duran at Ella Duran ninety eight E L L A D O R A N ninety eight on Twitter and Ella Duran on Instagram. Also, where can people find you? Um, Do you want me to read out your Twitter handle? Yeah, I don't. I don't know my Twitter handle off the top of my head, but it's Ella's. at Austin underscore Letson A U S T I N underscore L E T S O N. Yeah, and he's got some fire <laughs> tweets. Yeah, I tweet. I, I, I'm an, he tweets roughly once every two months. Yeah, I'm not very active, but when I do tweet, I make it worth it. <laughs> can I read some of your tweets? Yeah. So you can explain yourself. I can't even remember what I tweeted. Uh, I know at David Guetta. <laughs> oh, that's a... Uh, no, that's you, a, you can't explain it. Oh, I can't explain Okay, no, no. well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is from At Truth, the, the anti-smoking company. Oh, yeah. Justin, celebrity influencer dog, at It's Doug the Pug joins the animal march against Jewel. This is, I retweeted this. That's and not my tweet. No, you retweeted with a comment, <laughs> yeah. which was true. <laughs> <laughs> if you want some real weird humor, head over to Austin's Twitter page. <laughs> he needs some followers. 
have a, I have like a single digit amount of followers. <laughs> no, you have a double digit. You're good. How many followers do I have? 14. <laughs> okay, that's almost double digit. I mean, almost single digit. It's some pretty quality. I've I've stuff. retweeted the Bones cast before. Yeah, we'll 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 tag you when we post this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so if you want to at him about anything he said, spam him on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and if you want to tell us about some of your favorite travel episodes, or if you can explain. Anything about that one weird line, please get in contact with us via Gmail or on the socials. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. We're going to do our sign off. One, two, three. Torsion. <laughs> that wasn't in the episode. Yeah, it was. Pollen. What kind? It was on the the picked. Oh, that was part of the B plot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You didn't say it has to be a science word from the A plot. <laughs>